And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Kim Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And we are into the thick of it as far as gardening goes. This is our time to shine. This is why we set up all that soil last winter, while we plugged some new plants in last spring. And this summer, they've grown on, and now the monsoons come, and the stars align, and things are glorious. And so you're seeing some plants that are maybe more glorious than others right now in your yard, in the, in the landscapes, in your neighborhoods. And a couple that come to mind, one, there's a beautiful plant that's just above head high. It's got these beautiful flowers about four to five inches across, and they are loaded, not roses. It looks like a hibiscus flower that's smaller, and it's called Rose of Sharon. It is actually a variety of hibiscus. It's a hardy variety. Most hibiscus are more tropical. That is, they're not going to winter over here. This one does. And so it's a beautiful uh, deciduous shrub. That is, it will lose its leaves in the winter, but this is the sun. Now through autumn is when it is glorious and hundreds, not just dozens, hundreds of flowers will be on this plant very robust. You, you put it on the drip system, you treat it like a tree. It's got a very deep root structure to it. So it's very robust. Probably watering it once a week is enough uh, through the growing season for a Rose of Sharon, but it's a glorious plant. Comes in multiple colors from blues to whites to pinks. They come in doubles and singles, a lot of variety. So we're kind of famous. This Central Highlands area we're very famous for our hibiscus or, or Rose of Sharon. There's a cousin to that, kind of not as well known. It is a true perennial. That is, it hibernates underground and then comes back fresh uh, every year above ground. So this is, a again, a hibiscus. So it's called Mashudos hibiscus. Don't ask me how to spell that, Mashudos. It's in the perennial section here at the garden center, but it will have that traditional huge flower, kind of the size of your hand. Uh, and it's just, it's impressive to watch it grow every year from the ground up to about hip high. And then it puts on dozens of these big, humongous, typically red to pink flowers, but Mashuda's hibiscus are the two that you can plant that are very robust up here. The other varieties are, are more Phoenix varieties, Palm Springs, Southern California, Hawaii, they're famous for their tropical hibiscus. Those will grow here and do fabulous. They're just not going to, they're going to, the winter's going to kill it. So why plant that variety when you have some other choices that you know will thrive here? There's another one, of course, uh, uh, the crepe myrtles. They're in full bloom right now. So they're, they're again, a shrub similar in size. So these are companion plants. Crepe myrtles and Rose of Sharon are companions. They like the sun. They like the, the wind. They take. They like our dry. They like the altitude. They like our winters. They like everything about this area. And so they all, they perform well. So crepe myrtles love summer. This is when they bloom. And they've got a fluorescent color. Now, they won't have as many flowers, but the flowers they have are literally glow in the dark. I mean, they're just so bright. I, nothing is like a, a crepe myrtle. You folks from the South, you love your crepe myrtle trees. Here that you just, there's rumors of crepe myrtle trees. You might find one every once in a while, 
but really winter resets them every once in a while. They turn into beautiful bushes. So our crepe myrtle bushes are spectacular. But if you want a small tree, there's probably better choices, hardier choices, uh, more seasonal choices. So I can go into that, but red buds, number one, crepe myrtle, not crepe, <laughs> here I go. So red buds, uh, um, crab apples, purple leaf plums, probably the most famous. So, but crab apples, I mean, crepe myrtles, I'm confusing myself. Get back on track. The blooming shrubs of summer. We've mentioned Rosa Sharon or a hardy hibiscus, Mishudos hibiscus, and now crepe myrtles. Another one that's very robust. It's kind of interesting. You don't see this very often around the country, but it's a smoke bush. So smoke bush is a big, it's almost a tree. It, that one can turn into a tree. It gets quite large. It can easily go into the mid-teens. You could easily keep it trimmed and keep it lower to about chest high or so. But if you want a lower growing a shrub that's blooms in summer and fall, uh, probably there's a better choice if you need a small thing. This is a bigger one, but it is a not native, but it sure thinks it, it naturalizes so easily that it could be, be very robust. Again, water once, once a week, it's good. Uh, but it's, it's foliage is purple. I, I, Okay, it's foliage is purple, green, or gold. There's three choice, three choices. So I'm confusing myself. There's multiple, there's too many choices, but they all have the same flower. This smoky, light, feathery flower that floats above the foliage. It's very pretty. The, the flowers are the same color as the foliage, whatever model you like. Uh, the, the, the purple, the green, or the gold, it floats and just has there. So that's the name smoke bush because it looks like the plant is actually smoking there in the yard. It's really pretty, but animals don't eat it. It's just, this is its time to shine. It's really pretty. Another one in, in our, in my, uh, my office, chased tree just started blooming. This is a very large bush or short tree. Uh, gets up vase shaped about eight feet wide by about 12 feet tall. It's, it's big. It's bigger than a lilac. I mean, it's very large, uh, but it has blue flowers that hover above this 10, 12 foot shrub that the butterflies and hummingbirds dearly love. I mean, it's a main pollinator for, for, for those types of, of animals out in the yard. If you want more butterflies, put a chase tree. If you want more hummingbirds, put a chase tree out there. They're going to use it to nest and as a food source, but it's super drought hardy. And so it, it just it just doesn't take much care to have beautiful plants out there. You can neglect it, and it will still thrive, still bloom every year for you. It's a very robust plant. And that's a few I'm seeing right now in my own neighborhood. I know you're seeing the same thing in your neighborhoods. So I did mention something. Something came to mind. So this, this last weekend's class, I had mentioned how to keep birds off of fruit trees. And so I thought I'd mention that just real quick. So we've got lots of nectarines coming on. Peaches are coming on. Uh, you've got berries, blackberries, and raspberries are being picked or darn close to it right now. So there's a lot going on. Apples are still small, but they're going to form larger as we get into autumn. Typically, apples are an autumn type of, of crop. Same with pears. Pears are, they look like pears, but they're small. They're going to get larger as we get closer and closer into autumn. That's an autumn harvested type of fruit. 
they're all protected the same way. And so the number one way, the way that your grandparents, maybe not your grandparents, last generation did it, was we put netting over top of the tree or over the bush, or over the grapes. And that's that's highly effective, especially while the, the tree or the vines or the brambles are small enough to do that with. So, okay, that's good. Now, the other way to do it is, especially for like berries, I mentioned for my blackberries and raspberries, if you can put scare tape or bird tape up and down that cane or that vine or those grapes, just as you're eyeballing them going, oh, it's going to be close. It's going to be so good. Are, are they ripe yet? We're almost there. Oh, it'll just be days now. If you're doing that to your berries, so are the birds. They're looking at it, waiting. They're just waiting. In fact, they'll come through and peck one just to see if it's ready yet. And then when it is ready, they'll pick every single one of them. But bird tape, if you can put that on right as you're noticing, oh, the fruit's sure, certainly close. You put it on right then and it keeps the birds away. Pretty effective. If you put it on too soon, they get used to it and they ignore it. So the secret is put scare tape on just before the fruits are about to be harvested. You know, a week or two, 10 days or so, and it will scare or flutter those birds away. Good, good ideas. I had a neighbor that had pie pans. He hung in his apple tree. And then he had a wood spoon and it just kind of banged there in, in, in the tree. Scare the birds off. Same idea. I've had uh, another neighbor, they put uh, red Christmas balls in their red apple tree. And they'd come and peck the balls and go, wait a minute, this is terrible fruit. I'm not, I'm not bothering with this tree. And you, he trained them to go, don't peck the fruit here. Some certain tricks are, are highly effective. Anyway, that's how you keep birds off your fruit trees as well. We've got a lot in store for you. Be right back after this. <laughs> 